Kevin Markwick. punk rocker from the Ramones of course that's where it all started really 1977 the album Rocket to Russia okay here goes good evening uh, Kevin Markwick here for another two hours of uh, old nonsense and thank you to Adrian Corbin for the last two hours of uh, soul uh, nonsense Whatever. Uh, Anything can happen tonight because I'm a bit delirious on account of having been up all night at the Oscars. 
Well, not so much at the Oscars, more on my couch uh, in my pants. But, you know, I was there in spirit. So, coming up tonight, uh, in a packed and, frankly, it's a bit of an odd show, so don't don't be tired and write show is the moral of this. Two-Door Cinema Club, The Magnetic Fields, Lost in Trees, The Blue Nile and Regina Spectre, among others. A varied film programme, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. Uh, Cheney has a look at the classic film music of uh, Eric Korngold. Stuff from uh, Elmer Bernstein, Thomas Newman. Cool tracks in films from uh, Kenny Rogers and Harry Belafonte, of all people. And the time spats. It's getting more tortuous, isn't it? Uh, arrive in 2006, and we look at films so good they didn't even get an Oscar nomination. And you, of course. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. In the meantime... I don't know where I'm going to rest my head tonight So I won't promise that I'll speak to you today But if I ever find
Two Door Cinema Club uh, next year. I think that's the current single. Yours might be. Um, so please get in touch with the show. Uh, Kevin Markwick Show on Facebook. Or you can hit me up at Kevin Markwick on Twitter. You can email the studio. Uh, studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk I think the Facebook page would be good get, let's get some more hits on the Facebook page the Kevin Mark Richard. you're all members of Facebook you're all down with the kids aren't you? please tell me that's the kind of, oh I don't know uh, and uh, it would be good to hear from you so uh, because if I <laughs> apart from anything else if I drift off um, you know the beepy noise will wake me up uh, ok here's uh, Peter Broderick from the uh, album Home in 2008 it's called Below It
his fingers he would push and with his fingers he would pull and with his fingers he would push Peter Broderick from home in 2008. The other thing you can do is go and interact at the uckfieldfm.co.uk um, website and there's a webcam with the back of my head on it and two people frozen in the top right-hand corner which is keeps freaking me out every time it catches me in the corner of my eye. Here comes the great new climber from Lion's Maid. Orbit. Super size. Super ice cream. Orbit. It's got orange ice cream and raspberry ice cream dipped in chalk. Yes, Orbit breaks the flavor barrier. Orbit with astounding free space picture cards. Orbit, the greatest. Orbit, the big ice cream on a stick from Lion's Maid. On sale now. Kevin Markwick. A warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our programme. Serge, quoi? On raconterait la mort. 
tu te prends pour qui Toi aussi, tu détestes la vie. Yes. Uh, Grace Jones, I've seen that face before. <laughs> you don't want to see this face. Uh, 1981. I can't believe that. That seems uh, uh, somehow impossible that it's that old, but I think it, it kind of holds up quite well. Don't you? Yes. Uh, so we've got a couple more tracks, and then it's into the uh, the filmy part of the show with Cheney and all the other stuff. Uh, what am I going to play you? Oh, this is the Magnetic Fields. This is good. Uh, from their 2010 album, Realism. <laughs> Thank you. 
starting to hallucinate now i've been up for uh, 97 hours and monday monday's not the best day to do that it's uh it's cut we ought to actually the entire film industry needs to have a word with the academy and say well it's sunday night and the thing is it's holdover day on monday we've all got a lot of work to do holdover day is the day that all the cinema owners um you know bookers we all decide what we're going to do the following week what films are going to stay what films are going to go and what times we're going to put them on and all that kind of stuff and and trying to do it under these circumstances is really quite difficult uh, i think uh, the academy needs to take that into consideration next year uh and so i apologize that if uh, argo's showing next week at midnight by mistake <laughs> it was all my fault uh okay so that's uh what we're we gonna do we're gonna go into the film stuff after this uh this is rather nice actually it's um regina specter it was an album, uh, Instant Karma, Saved a Four album in 2007. And the Beatles wrote a track which they had several goes at and uh, never really, really got a hold of it. I think it appeared on a compilation later. It's officially the last Beatles track ever. But this is Regina Spector's go at uh, Real Love. Be alone No need 
Probably not supposed to do that. Uh, Regina, Regina, my daughter always tells me off when I say it the wrong. Is it Regina, Regina? Let's call the whole thing off anyway. Okay, so it's time now for the filmy part of the show. I know you've been looking forward to it. much sums up how I'm feeling at the moment. Um, now, uh, after all the Oscar hoo-ha over the last few days, which I'm sure you'll probably actually, like me, begin to get a bit fed up with, what I thought I'd do for um, this, this sort of half hour of the show, Cheney's section notwithstanding, is have a, have a look at films that were never even nominated for an Oscar. They were that good. Which, you know, when you look at the list, you think, well, really? So it's just all nonsense, isn't it? I mean, to say Argo is a better film than Life of Pi is a better film than... It's just kind of daft, you know? It's it's ultimately all about box office, and that's what they're selling you. They want you to be involved enough to want to go out and buy tickets, not just for the films that are winning, but the you know just to be engaged in the whole process, which is fine because it's my living. Why should I moan? I just uh, it's the idea of making uh, making us think that one film is better than another. You know, a more an Argo. Really, how can you even compare them? It's absurd. And actually, uh, so I had a look at what films 
uh, were never even nominated for an Oscar. Can you believe The Shining um, and the Path- and Paths of Glory, both uh, Kubrick masterpieces? Uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, Gilda, Kind Hearts and Coronets, High Sierra, Don't Look Now, uh, and, and Destry Rides again. Extraordinary. Not even nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, and one of them, my absolute favourites, Alex, Alexand- uh, Alexandra McKendrick's uh, classic Sweet Smell of Success in, in 1957. don't they just don't whatever it is they don't do it anymore that was part of elmer bernstein's fantastic score for the sweet smell of success uh, of course uh, alexandra mckendrick's film with uh, tony curtis and burt lancaster match me sydney what a great movie didn't get a sniff at the academy awards just to prove what a load of nonsense it is okay this is great now uh cheney kent's gonna take us through uh the career of one of the old-timey absolute classic composers uh eric corngold here we go hello we're headed right back to the source of the modern film score today as we take a look at the film music of Eric Wolfgang Korngold. 
Korngold had already established himself as a musical prodigy in the 1920s, writing conventional concert works and operas at home in Europe. Then, in the 1930s, successive invitations came from Hollywood. The second of these proved to be the turning point of Korngold's personal and professional life. In 1938, he was asked to write the music for The Adventures of Robin Hood, a large-budget, high-profile picture for which he won an Oscar. Of course, while he was in America, Germany annexed Austria, and the Jewish Korngold recognized that he would be safest staying in Hollywood. Here's a dramatic sequence from Robin Hood, much of which is tense, jarring music, classic modernism typical of that which had him blacklisted as an entertainer or degenerate composer by the Third Reich. Oscar for the Robin Hood soundtrack was actually his second Academy Award. Two years prior to Robin Hood, he had contributed the score to another Oscar-winning film, Anthony Adverse, though a technicality in the nomenclature of the category meant that the award went to his head of department instead. reputation had gone before him. From the start, he was able to negotiate contracts that limited his output to a couple of films a year and gave him control over reusing his music in later concert compositions. Not one to rest on his laurels, though, the hard-working composer began to develop techniques specific to film composition that endure today, notably tailoring the music to fit highly specific time lengths. Providing music for Warner Brothers productions meant that Korngold's music was often heard alongside the actors whom the studio had contracted. Claude Rains of Anthony Adverse was one such recurrent actor, but probably the most famous was Errol Flynn, who had played Robin Hood. Errol Flynn took a similar outlaw hero role in The Seahawk of 1940, for which Korngold wrote the second of his most celebrated scores.
Korngold retired from writing film music in 1947. His final score was for Escape Me Never, an unsuccessful Errol Flynn vehicle, ironically about a composer. In fact, the character of the composer cast a long shadow right across Korngold's work in film. Though Escape Me Never was his last official film score, he did arrange some of Richard Wagner's music for the 1955 biopic Magic Fire. The early bookend to this final act was the contract that first brought him to Hollywood in 1935 to arrange Felix Mendelssohn's incidental music to A Midsummer Night's Dream for a film version of Shakespeare's play. But it is Korngold's own music, such as that for The Constant Nymph of 1943, another love triangle centred around a composer, that holds a screen character all of its own, even when the projector has been turned off. Goodbye.
wonderful. I really, I've not heard that before. I love that. That's wonderful. Thank you, Cheney. Cheney Kent giving us uh, all about Eric Corngold and his wonderful, wonderful music. I was always, always a big fan of the swash and buckle, the Robin Hood. You come to Nottingham once too often. But uh, I, I wasn't familiar with that one. Uh, this is great. This is what's lovely about this show. We're all sitting here learning something, which is fantastic. Thank you. And Cheney will be back next week with more stuff. Uh, now, the other thing we're going to do... Oh, more more films that haven't been nominated for an Oscar. So we're going to go... This is quite different. <laughs> the Shining was never no- nominated for an Academy Award uh, when it clearly should have been, if you believe in that sort of stuff. This is the opening uh, opening music, which is still unsettling today. Wonderful stuff. <laughs> special, really different. Tastes great. Frankie's spicy pork and beef sausage in a sesame seed roll. Topped with mustard, tomato or fruity sauce. Frankie's, the super hot dog. On sale at the kiosk now. Frankie's, from Lyon. Kevin Markwick. 105 Uckfield FM. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. 
the sons of guns, I'm here to say, have left me dead broke today. In gambling halls delaying, 10,000 cattle straying, in gambling halls delaying, 10,000 cattle straying, oh my darling, oh my darling, there you go. That's actually the opening credits from John Ford's Western, My Darling Clementine, which I think is just uh, the most gorgeous film and certainly the best version of the gunfight at the OK Corral story. Henry Fonda's central performance is so calm and brilliant. Of course, Linda Darnell, the blousy Linda Darnell, and Victor Mature. Who knew? Who knew he could act like that? <laughs> as Doc Holliday and that was never nominated for an Oscar it didn't get anywhere near the Academy Awards and if you've never seen it I, I urge you to go and have a look before the break we heard uh, the opening credits uh, the opening from The Shining which was by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind in 1980 uh, so the last thing we're going to do before the news is bring you one more absolute Oscar travesty which is in my for what it's worth opinion one of the greatest films ever made is Christoph Kieslowski's film Blue uh, the Three Colours trilogy Blue and this this is Song for the Reunification of Europe by uh, Zbigniew um, Preisner, and it's, it's glorious. I'll see you the other side of the news.
call it 2009 we've stopped out there's a good reason for that i know it's recent um you remember that barack obama became president of the united states harold pinter died gordon brown was still prime minister seems ages ago uh lily allen was number one apparently this week in 2009 nope don't remember it either so 25th of february 2009 at the picture house uckfield do you remember are your memories that short Okay, I'll tell you. There were actually lots of films on. Um, The reason I picked this year out was to give you um, a bit of insight into how prey we are to release patterns when deciding what films to give you. I alluded to it earlier when I said I was half asleep doing the um, holdovers this morning, as we doctors call it. Uh, And particularly this time of year, as distributors release all of their award-baiting films, uh, combine that with the half-term holidays and three screens is nowhere near enough enough to get all the films i need to get in in um now it's funny because when i when i tell people what i do one of the things that fascinates them is that i get to choose the films myself you get to choose the fit you choose you choose the films like it's some kind of special power or or perhaps the prospect of showing what films you like in a proper cinema is like having control of a giant train set or something i mean yeah yeah it's just kind of groovy uh i'm i'm sort of used to it um but trust me it's not as easy as it looks of course it doesn't take a genius to book harry potter but uh harry potter's a rare thing um a film so guaranteed to take money that it trumps all comers you know and i was gonna say will you put my film in instead of harry potter 
You'd be laughed off the phone. Um, and these days there are, you know, every week there are sometimes seven films being released, which is it's absurd and impossible to keep up with. Now, most of those can be discounted instantly as either utter rubbish, sorry filmmakers, two years of your life, and I just go, nope, not playing that, but that's the way it is, but probably more than two years of your life. Anyway, uh, most of them can be discounted as utter rubbish or unsuitable for our theatre. Uh, some you want to play but you can't because you need to allow for a film that started last week to have its second week as they kind of uh, distributors insist on a minimum of two weeks I mean it has to be a real stinker for you to be able to get the second week off so it's not as simple as it looks it's a bit like a sort of jigsaw puzzle really and sometimes it's difficult for people to appreciate that there is an element of politics involved as well you know well I better play that because not that anybody ever says you've got to play that to get that nope let me make that perfectly clear but you know oil in the wheels uh in fact i could do a series of royal society christmas style lectures on the subtlety of booking a cinema however sticking to the juggling of award season and the commercial requirements of half term is how we arrive at the dog's dinner of a week like the 25th of february 2009 here's a list of the films uh that we were showing uh slumdog millionaire great still doing great business in its seventh week and about to get another boost after it wins the academy award for best picture four thousand eight hundred and fifty five pounds it won the week good not bad seventh week pretty groovy uh bolt which was the disney animated film which was quite nice kind of pleasant didn't you think if you remember you remember that one uh it had had its big week before at half term and it was starting to drop like a stone uh the monday the kids go back they always do that because uh, the week runs from Friday to Thursday, it has to limp along to the end of the week. £3,029, down from £10,000 a week before. That's the kind of effect the holiday has. And, and you know, despite uh, a, lot of, a lot of the distributors that put these films out really think that they're going to cross over and do well in the evenings, they don't. And the sooner they wake up and realise that, the better. Uh, this week's also notable for a case... <laughs> <laughs> a classic case of me panicking and putting in a film that should never have come near my cinema. I do this about two or three times a year. I have an absolute mad moment when I should have my licence to practice revoked. Not that I have a licence to practice, but, you know, my head goes firmly up my bottom and, and I book it. Confessions of a shopaholic. Sorry, sorry, everyone. A truly appalling piece of cinema. And I apologise to anyone who saw it by mistake at my cinema. Although £2,281 worth of you thought it was worth a bash. What's wrong with you? Really? You know, we do have some standards. Anyway, uh, and probably more to the point, bringing out the rear were two perfect examples of award-baiting films that I simply had to book. Uh, that ultimately failed to live up to expectations. Is this because the films weren't good enough? Is it the subject matter? Who knows? They both took about a grand each. They were getting a couple of weeks old at the time. Um, the first was the ultimately disappointing film version of Revolutionary Road, directed by Sam Mendes and starring his then-wife Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Ah, uh, why didn't it work? I don't know. I always kind of felt there's one or two films like this... Um, where you can almost hear them cracking their knuckles, going, OK, are you ready? Prepare yourself for Oscar greatness. And, you know, inevitably they fall flat on their face. What do I know? Here's the end title music uh, from Thomas Newman's actually quite agreeable score.
Thomas Newman's uh, score. It's the end title music from Revolutionary Road, which just didn't do what everybody thought it was going to do. I think, you know, it's one of those projects, like I said, where everyone starts out thinking, oh, oh, this is going to be great. Load up the car. And, you know, it's the kind of picture, if we don't don't do well with it, then generally uh, it's not going to do well overall. Someone proved me wrong. There's probably somebody out there going, what are you talking about? Rubbish, this thing's took a million dollars. But anyway, that's my memory of it. The second award beta that week was David Fincher's The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Now, I'm a huge Fincher fan, but I didn't like this one. I hated it. It was kind of daft, overly sentimental, and crucially far too long. Um, you know, and again, you kind of had the feeling... Actually, I went to a screening, and Fincher was there, and at the q and I just didn't get the feeling that his heart was in it, you know? I just I might be wrong. If you're listening, David at Kevin Markwick on Twitter, let me know. Because I just thought, well, I don't know, you know, I didn't have that kind of solidity that his films uh, always seem to have, and they subsequently had. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I have to book these films because it looks like they're going to win awards. So that's what I did in this period. Um, And my crystal ball failed me, because you have to have a crystal ball, unfortunately. You have to live kind of two or three months in the future sometimes trying to work out what you monkeys out there want to see. Anyway, uh, Benjamin Button did have a good score by actually who's t- rapidly turning into one of this show's favourite composers we, uh, Cheney Kent covered him last week uh, Alexandre Desplat and this is a beautiful cue I think called uh, Sunrise on uh, Pontichatrain
that's very lovely. Uh, Alexandra Desplat's uh, score for the not-so-good Curious Case of <laughs> Benjamin Button, which went... But did he get backwards? No, he went backwards. I don't know, whatever. OK, so that's the uh, time trousers for this week. Please tell me what you think, whether I'm, you know, wasting my time. Uh, or well, is it too hardcore for you? I don't know. Some of the some of the music tonight may be a bit hardcore. I don't know. At Kevin Markwick on Twitter, go to the Facebook page, The Kevin Markwick Show. Let me know what you think. I really want to hear. Stand by for launching. It's Zoom with three new flavors. And free picture cards. Start collecting famous aircraft. There's a free card with every Zoom. On sale now. Kevin Markwick. Right, it's time for cool music used in films that wasn't composed for the film, if you get my drift. Now, I'm already running over, so we're going to have to get a flipping move on. Here's uh, Kenny Rogers and the first edition, and if you don't know what film this is in, shame on you. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in. See what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I pushed my soul in a deep dark hole and then I followed it in. I watched myself crawling out. As I was crawling in I got up so tight I couldn't unwind I saw so much I broke my mind I just dropped in To see what condition My condition was in Condition my condition was in. I 
said I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Kenny Rogers. Oh, that was a bit DJ, wasn't it? Kenny Rogers, though. Uh, I tell you what. Uh, which, of course, they used in The Big Lebowski in 1998, if you didn't know. Oh, I shouldn't be so cruel and uh, hard on you, should I? Uh, the Coen Brothers classic with Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, uh, and that's the bit with uh, Julianne Moore where they're dressed, she's dressed as the Valkyrie and the big bowling alley, and it's just brilliant. Okay, here's another one for you. What's this one from? Okay, it's Beetlejuice. <laughs> Banana, like come and me one go home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Okay, a funny, very funny sequence from um, Beetlejuice, which of course was one of uh, Tim Burton's early films, and where they're all dancing around the table because the, the spooks have taken them over. Um, 1988, would you believe? Catherine O'Hara, the brilliant, brilliant Catherine O'Hara, who's kind of the new, um, you know, what's her name? <laughs> I did it again. It's gone out of my head, you know, Lily von Stupp. Oh, why? Why does it happen to me? Anyway, uh, Banana Boat Song, Harry Belafonte, one of the funniest sequences in uh, Beetlejuice. And then finally, I've been trying to get around this for, to this one for weeks, and I've finally got the time to fill it in, uh, as used in Eyes Wide Shut, Stanley Kubrick's film. More Stanley Kubrick. Chris Isaac, baby, did a bad, bad thing. <laughs>
bad, bad thing. Baby did a bad, bad thing. Baby did a bad, bad thing. I feel like crying. I feel like crying. Madeline Kahn was the name I was trying to think of. Ah. Chris Isaac, Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing, as used in Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut in the trailer, actually, mostly, although it was in the film as well. Um, his last film, sadly, which was a shame. Kevin Markwick. 105, Uckfield FM.
Tinseltown in the rain uh, from Walk Across the Rooftops, of course, 1983. Uh, the Blue Nile. We were discussing this the other night because it's the kind of thing we do in our house. Does it sound 80s? That It didn't sound 80s to me. Uh, everyone else said, of course it sounds 80s. It sounds really 80s. But maybe it's my age. I don't know. It doesn't sound, uh, you know, particularly 80s to me. It doesn't sound like Bross or something like that. But uh, it still sounds damn good, that's for sure. Now, uh, here's, here's something that will warm you up um, because it's called Saint Tropez. Mm, it's a bit tenuous, isn't it? This is actually from the Pink Floyd album Medal, which, and I'm not trying to appear cool, I'm trying to appear cool, was the first album I ever bought with my own money, actually, in 1972. That's how ancient I am. Oh, turn that up. reach for a peach, slide around down behind. I'm starting it again, it's my show. As I reach for a peach, slide around down behind. A sofa in central pain. Breaking a stick with a brick on the sand. Riding a wave in the wake of an old sedan. Alone in the drone of the darkness, scratched by the sand that fell from our love. Deep in my dreams, and I still hear her calling. If you're alone, I'll come home, home. Backward and homebound, the pigeon, the dove. Gone with the wind and the rain on the airplane. Born in a home with no silver spoon.
It's what they call a long fade. I don't know about they call it. I call it a long fade. Is there a name for it? You see, what happened at the beginning there was I was showing off. <laughs> and so inevitably fell flat on my face, which is always what happens. So that'll learn me. Uh, Saint-Tropez from Medal in 1972, Pink Floyd, which is a kind of odd album, really, isn't it? It's sort of got all those sort of tracks on it. And then the other side is the great big thing that is Echoes. You know, one side, one track... 24 minutes or whatever the hell it is i don't know anyway but that was the first album i bought with my money and i've still got it okay have you still got your first album let me know um what am i going to do next oh here's in <laughs> haven't played, did i play any tom waits last week i can't remember anyway he's got he's got some new stuff out actually so i don't have to keep bashing the old albums um son of rogues gallery which is a, a new album it's pirate ballads sea songs and shanties which is not an easy thing to say when you've been up all night uh and this is it's a collection actually of uh stuff and tom waits features on it along with keith richards tom waits and keith richards together is that a good idea you decide Shenandoah, I long to hear you Oh, 
the ramshackle nature of it uh it's called shenandoah and it's tom waits featuring keith richards i just looked it up actually it's on anti records who are great they release an awful lot of really brilliant stuff uh and it's produced by hal wilner uh, an executive produced can you executive produce an album uh by johnny depp and gore verbrinsky that would i suppose account for the piratey uh, connotations. It's a two-disc recording of Sea Shanties featuring Tom Waits, Keith Richards, Iggy Pop, Nick Cave, Patti Smith, Sean Lennon, uh, and there's actually a follow-up. There was a 2006 album called Rogues Gallery, which I suppose that's why this one's called Silent Rogues Gallery, Pirate Ballads, Sea Songs, and Shanties. Uh, New York Times calling it a strong album with heart as well as ideas, a revelatory folk song collection with the sea in the leading role. So, I don't know about you, but I'm going to check that out. In the meantime, here's uh, Lost in Trees, which are also an anti- Coincidentally, is there anything you need in your life that you don't have? Can you think of anything? If I had any more, it wouldn't have good sense. <laughs> Go ahead, tell me where you come from. You won't scare me. You can rest your head on your grave. stick
by Lost in Trees from uh, an album that came out at the back end of last year called uh, A Church That Fits Our Needs um, well that's it really one more track to go and it's a corker I couldn't bring myself to do painting coconuts again there's only so much of that one man can stand Thank you very, very much for listening. It means so much to me. Please get in touch. I know I keep banging on about it, but it is, uh, it's really nice to hear from you. At Kevin Markwick on Twitter. I'm around all week on Twitter. That doesn't sound right, does it? And uh, the Facebook page. Let's get some more likes on the Facebook page, the Kevin Markwick Show. And it could be a big Facebook loving. Mm-mm. so please tune in again next week um, I don't know how many shows we've got to go about another four or five I will need to go and lie down in a darkened room now till about 11 o'clock tomorrow morning but it's been a lot of fun no, no, really, it has. And this is Burt Kempfer, of course, swinging safari. Non-sync classics. We're going to finish with something rather beautiful by uh, Bill Evans. And if you don't know Bill Evans, then uh, you're in for a treat. This is called Peace, Peace, and will take us to the news. Goodbye, see you next week, and I love you all.